Welcome back to the Better Business Podcast. This is episode number two here, and today I've got a very special guest and a good friend of mine named Theo Bars. He is a real estate broker down in Pensacola, Florida. Theo has over 40 years of real estate experience, and just in talking to the guy in person a couple of weeks ago, I can tell you he's overflowing with knowledge and just really basic uh, ground rules for anybody wanted to get into real estate and learn more about it. So with that being said, let's uh, start up episode number two. Welcome to the show. I believe that life is more than finding a job and collecting a paycheck. If you agree, then keep on listening for great advice from people approaching their careers and business the right way. This is my journey into the stories of successful men and women. My name is Sam Key, and this is the Better Business Podcast. And welcome to the second episode of the Better Business Podcast. Today is May 13th, and I have Theo Bars here with me. Theo, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Sam. Yes, sir. Well, me and uh, me and Theo met a couple weeks ago. I was on a business trip. Uh, business school trip down to Pensacola and Theo gave a speech and me and him talked afterwards and I just thought some of his opinions on real estate and his experience would be great for everyone to hear on this podcast and Theo I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us I know you're busy well I, I appreciate that Sam it's uh it's good this is something new for me so uh I'm happy to try out something new Yes, sir. Well, uh, I guess just to give everybody a little bit of context on your uh, your background and stuff, could we maybe go through your story, like your high school and college experience growing up? Well, I did experience high school. Uh, <laughs> I graduated from a local public high school. Uh, it wasn't any great shakes. Uh, you know, I was a, a pretty good student. And uh, now we're talking about I graduated in 1968, so I guess probably need to give folks that context. Yes, um, and I wound up at the University of Alabama. Uh, I have a degree in civil engineering, a bachelor BS in civil, civil engineering, uh, and I graduated in 1972. I um, was offered a job uh, with a large uh, home builder out of uh, Newport Beach, California. So I moved out there in uh, early 1973 and I stayed for about two and a half years and then I came back to Pensacola and I have been in the general brokerage business uh, since then. Okay, and when, okay, so when you went to college for engineering, was that something that you felt um, like you really wanted to do or was it maybe somebody somebody gave you that opinion and you didn't really know what you wanted to do at the time? Well, it, uh, it, it's sort of an interesting question, I guess. Uh, um, this isn't the, I, I, I said something like I'm getting ready to say in a meeting with Dean Carr one day, he didn't seem real impressed with it. But uh, I think one of the challenges in life is to understand both your strengths and your weaknesses. And when it came to school, uh, my strengths were in the, the math and science areas and not in the English and 
and history and uh, those sorts of studies. So uh, I studied engineering because it was I was more comfortable in that type of uh, uh, learning environment and uh, also was trying to avoid having to write papers. So that's uh, that's how I wound up in engineering. I never never really considered uh, very seriously becoming an engineer, but I got the job I got in California. Uh, the uh, the gentleman that hired me liked to hire people with engineering backgrounds because that worked real good in the development business that he was in. So anyway, it it got me that job, which I really appreciate and enjoyed being in California. But then I decided I wanted to actually live back here in Pensacola. And I'm I'm sure living out in California for two years was definitely experience real estate wise. Um, was there any valuable knowledge that you gained over there that maybe you brought back to Pensacola and have used? Well, you know, Sam, you you, you hopefully you're always learning, and so certainly I, there are things I learned about uh, the development business, things I learned about the construction business that have been helpful in my real estate career, but. I, I didn't, uh, you know, to be a little bit of a smart aleck, I didn't uh, see how you made a Big Mac and, and come back and open a hamburger store. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I was, I didn't go into the home building business, um, but uh, I have done a little bit of developing. And that really is, developing is really what kind of attracted me to real estate in the first place. My dad, uh, opened a real estate company after uh, the Second World War, and so I worked with him for oh, 30, 32 years, something like that. Okay. And, uh, and so, okay, you come back to Pensacola, and what was your, uh, what was your first thing that you really got into real estate-wise when you moved back to Pensacola? Well, that, that's an interesting question. The, the what I liked about the general brokerage business was that I wasn't, uh, you know, and, and so this sort of flies in the face of, of advice that you could get if you go in the real estate business to specialize. But what I liked about what we did was we did the whole gamut of, of uh, brokerage real estate. Um, you know, in a town like Pensacola, it was primarily in the, the 70s, up through the 80s, primarily residential, but that involved a little bit of development. Also was commercial activity, uh, you know, and I started doing commercial deals as soon as I could. Uh, you know, it, it, I liked all of it. Uh, and so I wasn't, uh, I didn't take off at a particular facet of the business, but uh, I sort of, gyrated toward the, the commercial end, the land acreage commercial business. Okay. And when you uh when you talk about not specializing and everything and just keeping your options open, do you feel like that's how you've been able to um not not really survive to uh but to just uh to really excel in real estate throughout all these years? What over 40 years of real estate experience, do you think that your wide variety of expertise has really helped you with there? I do, and and uh, what I also would add real quick.
quickly, Sam, is I'm not sure that's the best thing for everybody, but it's it worked well for me. And, um, you know, today people, I mean, the specialization in real estate, I, I, I hadn't even kept up with it. I was at a funeral to go off on a rabbit trail here, uh, <laughs> and I was talking to uh, some brothers, and they're in uh, two brothers in Nashville, Tennessee, and they're both in commercial real estate, and they're not doing the same thing, and they're in such a niche, one of them in uh, office product and the other in uh, hotel product, that, uh, and, and not just, I mean, they aren't just doing office buildings, they're doing something that's that's even narrower than that, and so uh, you know, it, it kind of depends on the person. It kind of depends on what opportunities come your way and, and uh, you know, the way the business evolves uh, that, that works for a particular person. But what I like was the general aspect of it. Um, I, you know, I've just enjoyed that part. Yeah, and uh, and with those specializations and stuff like that, I mean, it just I guess it develops certain characteristics and certain skill sets. Um, right. and, uh, no, another thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, when you first started, before we get on, on deeper into your career, when you first started, like you were, you just come back to Pensacola, did you have any, um, goals or ambitions? And if so, how have those worked out for you over the years? Well, in, in the sense of, uh, you know, that I, what I wanted to do as I got started was I wanted to double my income every year. So I had that as a, as a goal. You, you know, when you're on straight commission, um, I, I think it was, I was probably licensed for about six months before I ever got a paycheck. Um, wow. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 you, you get momentum. And so, you know, I, uh, uh, my short-term goals for a while were to double my income every year, which I was able to do. But then the real estate business has ups and downs. So it, it has not continued for 40 years. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and the other thing is that, that uh, just trying to learn, you know, the different facets of the business. Like I said, I, uh, I like uh, land. I like commercial and, you know, 40 years ago, uh, you couldn't really make a living just doing one part of it. In fact, one of the reasons you, you sort of alluded to this, it, it has changed a lot in probably the last 15 years. But there were times when, you know, if you were doing a even a certain type of residential sale, if you uh, uh, maybe you wanted to specialize, and I'm talking about a long time ago, and $150,000 houses and up. Well, there was a time in the 80s where you couldn't sell a $150,000 house. So <laughs> you better learn how to do something else or get out of the business, which, you know, business is very, real estate is very fluid and people come, they try it is how I say. They kind of come in and do it for a while and figure out if they like it or don't like it. And then they either get some traction or, they go on and do something else. Well, that's uh, and that's something that'd be an awesome segue into this because I know this is something we talked about, uh, me and you face to face down in Pensacola. But um, tell us a little bit more about your opinion on why you think a lot of people end up just getting 
getting turned out of real estate, like do it for a couple of years and they either, they either love it and they stay in it or they hate it. Yeah, it's, well, um, as I said ago, it's, you know, it's the, the real estate business that I've always been in. It was a straight commission business. So you had to make a sale to make a paycheck. And um, what that creates is uncertainty. So, you know, when you're a young guy, maybe it's not that big a deal to you, but then maybe you get married and start raising a family and, and, uh, uncertainty i think takes more people out of the business than anything else and then, and then the other thing that that is sort of a variation of what we were talking about a minute ago you know i've got a state real estate license so i can sell i, I live in the northwest uh edge of the state and you know thousand miles away you go to key west i can sell real estate down there and so you have to learn to focus. You have to learn to, to be intentional about how you're going to spend your day and what you're going to do. And, and uh, you know, it, it, you have to work and not necessarily see the end as you're working, but you got to keep working or you'll never get to a, a closing, which is, is, you know, the culmination of a transaction. I had a lady working for us one time that, had somebody want to buy a house in Atlanta and she wanted to go up to Atlanta and, and help this friend of hers buy a house. And I said, well, you know, the easy thing to do would be to refer this to a broker in, in Atlanta. And, you know, I said, I just went through some numbers with her, you know, how much do you think the house uh, they're going to pay for a house? And, you know, you don't know anything about Atlanta. And anyway, you know, it's so, some people are real challenged by being able to make a decision about what they're going to do a particular day and the next day and, you know, that week. And, and you just, you have to be disciplined. You have to be uh, somewhat organized uh, or you just, you sort of founder around. And I, I, I have a lot of what I call colloquialisms, but uh, <laughs> you know, like every morning when you wake up, if you're in real estate, you have the first decision you have to make is are you still in real estate are you more interested in going to the beach or playing golf or you know all the other things you could do because nobody's telling you you can't do it and i've noticed that with people that they they mentally get out of the business before they actually leave the business and is that is that where you see a lot of people get hurt a lot of people um, end up losing some serious money well, I don't. You don't necessarily lose serious money if you're in, if you're just a real estate salesperson, where you where you can get yourself really uh, hurt financially is when you start investing in real estate and you don't. Uh, well, it's easy for me to say you don't really understand what you're doing, and you 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 know make a bad choice and. Um, doesn't work out and you can't figure out how to get it to uh well get rid of the property or whatever you know it's it it becomes sort of complicated but that's that's how people in my opinion where i see people really get hurt in real estate if, if you just if you're in it trying to be an agent and you figure out pretty quick if you're going to stick with it or or if you're going to go do something else 
Yeah, definitely. And that's uh you know, that's something that I've seen within my own within my own generation growing up as I see kids that are either uh one end of the spectrum, they are like you're talking about and they get into it and they don't really know what they're getting themselves into, but they see all these social media things and all these people that are getting rich at 20 on real estate and they end up getting into something they're not prepared for. Or on the opposite end, they watched their family members and stuff like that lose almost everything during 2008, 2009, and are scared to death of it. Sure. And that's uh, that's well, so, that's something that's why I wanted to have you on. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is just talk about that and talk a little bit more about sound value investing in real estate. Well, the the challenge, you know, Sam, you're about to get out of school. And so you've got, you've spent the last several years of your life getting a lot of knowledge in your head. And, and so uh, knowledge is important, but skill set is also important. And, and, um, and, and I, a couple of things that I think are real important, and, and it's not that I could sit down and say, if you, you know, do this or go through this or what then then you're going to gain these skills but uh skill of knowing what a good deal is which sounds like double speak but you need to know whether you're whether you're i can give you anecdotes on on both sides of that so like i said it's i'm playing a word game with you but i'm really there is a skill to knowing what a good deal is. You know, just because you want $100,000 for a piece of property doesn't mean you're going to get $100,000. And, you know, uh, token, if you're buying something, you need to be able to understand what you're going to do with it. I mean, why, why if you buy a piece of real estate, is it going to benefit you? Benefit you? And challenges from now I'm, I'm playing the age game here but one of the challenges that i see is that people uh, jump into it and then as we were talking a minute ago get burned or they're in a situation where maybe they own a piece of real estate and they don't see a big change like we had in in old and other circumstances uh, happen that that you know you're unable to get out of a real estate deal. Um, and, you know, sometimes you you have to be able to I don't know cut your losses really doesn't express it, but you have to you just do when to do it, which is again that's that's a big challenge. Um, and thoughts Sam help me out um well one thing one thing I uh I wanted to ask you about is you talked about being able to make a deal and find a good deal how does uh how does somebody go about learning that skill set is it just through trial and error or through um knowledge or how do you go about how did you go about learning that well I think the best thing is is to use caution uh as one of the other things that's very prolific right now is you, uh, the internet. Well, 
you know, there's so many things going on media-wise around real estate. Real estate's real hot right now, and um, there, there are a lot of shows on TV. The GTV shows are a good job of producing those, and and the real estate is very easy to get involved with, but it isn't necessarily easy to either make or and so again my my suggestion is uh, that you you be cautious now there are several ways of doing that well, you and I talked about this a little bit one one is uh do it with some partnerships or good partnerships let me say it that way or few and far between but um you know you have to understand that you're taking risk and you have to understand how you're going to work your way through something and a lot of people just jump into it because they've got maybe they've got five or ten thousand dollars that they can uh, take out of a bank and and you know start a uh, a real estate transaction but the real secret you, you don't it, it's not getting in a real estate transaction that that where you make money it's when you get out of it uh, and, and I guess I could say make or lose money. And and there isn't, you know, there you can read a book, you can go to a seminar, um, you know, they're all kind of. In fact, the the joke when I got into business in the '70s was the way to make a million dollars in real estate is to write a book on how to make a million dollars in real estate. Well, <laughs> now there's a variation of that going on right now, and. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of seminars you can go to where people teach you how to flip houses. But I see people here in Pensacola getting hurt flipping houses. What what we have to recognize is, one, that we may not really know how to do it. And two, I, I mentioned watch these some of these shows. She likes the properties and uh, the uh, – uh, what's the name of the other one? Uh, the uh, I, think uh, I think there's the realtor or the Flip Brothers or something like that. There's a couple of them. Yeah, well, they're 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 a bunch of. But anyway, the the my wife says, well, you're in the real estate business. Why don't you do that? And I said, well, Jenny, <laughs> uh, that's my wife. Uh, you know what what you don't see in a 30 minute TV show is these people that are successful doing it actually have talent and. You know, they know what to do with the house. It didn't just throw a, a coat of paint on the walls or put new carpet in it. You got to, you know, you have to understand marketing and, and how these things work. And it, it's just not that easy. And, and the biggest challenge is uh, the buy part of it. Because typically, I mean, I've seen this, this cycle so many times in, in various uh facets of real estate, uh, something will get hot. And so people are making money flipping houses. So then people, more people want to get in the house flipping business and they don't really understand what they're doing. And what happens is they start paying more for a house can remodel it or, or up or what to make it more presentable and uh, 
and sell it and make a profit. I, I might have mentioned this to you, Sam. I went to a seminar in 1979 out in Houston, Texas. And there was a thing that was hot back then called condo conversions. And uh, were very nice then. And you could buy an apartment complex and you could, you know, redo the, the kitchen what people did, you know, new appliances, and they turn around and sell them as a condominium and make a profit. Well, that sounds real easy. And anyway, so we go out to this seminar. We're listening to lawyers tell you how to do it, and we're listening to uh, contractors tell you how to do it. And, and the last, and I, I know why they saved them to last, the last group that talked, were, they were three developers. And the one that made the most sense was <clears throat> you need to know what your end product is to be at the price that you have to pay for a particular apartment complex. And you need to know, not guess, not wish, not hope. You need to know that you can sell it for that price and make not, you know, $2,000 a unit, but you've got to, you're taking a lot of risk. So you've got to be able, you've got to have enough cushion on the back side of that. Well, the whole point of, of this rambling anecdote is if, if you pay too much, you'll never get out of it. And so uh, there's a time to stop buying. There's a time to stop doing those things. And uh, whatever, if it's, if it's flipping houses, and I'm not saying you shouldn't flip houses, but just because you saw somebody do it on TV doesn't mean that it's as easy as it looks and risk involved. And uh, if you aren't able to, then, you know, there are serious circumstances, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And I think uh, one thing, one thing I thought that was funny that we talked about um, was you said that it can be, like a house can be worth $100,000 on paper as long as you want, but if somebody offers you $50,000 and that's the only offer you get, then your house is actually worth $50,000. Right. And, and you, what, what happens in, in, in the way a commodity like real estate works, as the owner of the house, you've got a choice. You know, is it worth, if all you can get for it is $50,000, do you hold it? And uh, I've got a real good friend, a fraternity brothers from school, who was in the banking business in Birmingham for his career. And we were talking about the, uh, uh, he was he was involved in a, a re retail development. And when one of the, the earlier banking crisis that came through, um, where a lot where the retail people got uh, well, it wasn't the retail people. The uh, developers of retail properties that they changed the rules in the middle of the game. It's a tax law change. I don't know if you all studied that in school or not, but anyway, what happened was it, the government decided that that they changed the rules, and and so they would. My friend Mike. Was, was a banker and they come into the bank and they would 
would look at all his loans and they'd say, well, you got to go get a quarter of a million dollars from this guy. And Mike's sitting here saying it to himself. He didn't, you know, argue with bank examiners, but he's done everything. He's, you know, he put the money up that we required him to put up. He's made every payment. He's never been late. He's never done anything outside of the agreement. And I got to go tell him that he's got to write a check for another 250000 or we're going to take the project over from him. Well, you know, those things can happen in a real estate deal. Uh, sometimes it's the economy. Sometimes the government steps again to change change rate loans for banks. And and if they do that, then it um, got. That, that, Away from a fifty thousand and a hundred thousand dollar deal, but the, the it's it's uh, you've got to be in a where you can hold on to it or you'll lose it, and that, that really doesn't have that much to do with you know uh, your point about the value. The value is what, and so sometimes it, it, you need to recognize that. Uh, Maybe it's not fifty thousand, but maybe you get an offer for eighty-five and you want the hundred. Sometimes that eighty-five thousand dollars is the best thing to do because it gets you out of the deal. You don't, you're not under the pressure of, of trying to get get another fifteen thousand dollars out of it to get what you want out of it, um, and you can go on and do something else. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's I guess that's the old uh, what is the old saying of want. I, I can't remember, but it's it's better to it's better to have your money in hand, I guess, and have it secure than just be on a hope and a wing and a prayer. Yeah, it's it's uh, and and you know, people it, sometimes they don't owe anything. I, I'll tell you, I'll try to make this brief. I was uh, this was in the late seventies. I was working on a a little assemblage for uh, La Quinta motels and uh so we they you know sent me contracts for uh, several properties and so i i got enough put together where they could build uh, the motel they wanted to build and i went to the next landowner and i made him an offer and he said well i'll, I'll let you know in a couple of days so a couple of days later we get back together and he said no nah, theo i'm not going to do that deal and so, you know, I told the people that I was working with, uh, he, you know, he's not going to sell. And so they said, okay. So they, they started their process to build a motel. And um, a year later, he called me back. The, the landowner called me back and he said, Theo, he said, I made a big mistake. He said, you think they'll still give me that price for this property? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I said, I, you know, one of the things I know they they're working on building a motel on that site. Uh, all I can do is call them and tell them that you'll now take the deal. And um, what happened was he was you know he happened it, it was he was lucky. His property was in the way of this development, but they weren't going to pay just any price for it. And he it went to work and and. He said, one of his buddies at work said, oh, your property's worth more than that. 
well, what does his buddy know about what the properties <laughs> were? Anyway, a year later, he figures out maybe that wasn't such a bad deal after all, but it was too late. They, uh, I called the, the attorney that I worked with, and he said, Theo, we just got our permit uh, to start building. He said, we're not going to stop and go back and, you know, redesign the building and all that other kind of stuff that that happens when you're doing a development like that. Uh, so it's it's there's so many variations and of of again understanding what a good deal is at the time that it's sitting in front of you, uh, and and being able to act on it. Yeah, and uh, you know that's just I mean this is that's been some great real estate mindset and it's definitely uh it's definitely i'm sure been beneficial to my audience listening to you talk about it um and now we can kind of i i don't i don't want to grill you anymore on real estate I, you've done a great job answering <laughs> all my questions um but let's let's go into more just some more fun questions just so you can kind of give sure. some more uh day-to-day information to the audience and they can learn a little bit more about you um is there a favorite? Do you have a favorite way of getting information, like books or podcasts or television, radio? <laughs> Sam, I've already told you how old I am. <laughs> I, you know, I was, uh, I was uh, writing a, a note to my daughter on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I was sitting in a Starbucks. That's a pretty modern place. Uh-huh. And I realized that there were. Two people in there with books. Everybody else had something electronic. Um, I, I I like books. I I just got three books last week that uh, are now on my to do list to read. I love reading, um, and uh, uh, but I yeah I'm a book guy. Now information it, it's I it, one of the challenges for me is I'm having to learn. Uh, it's like just today, uh, I'm working with a fellow who'd like to buy some property out on Pensacola Beach. Well, you can't buy it, you lease it. But anyway, like to get some property out on Pensacola Beach. And um, um, it's just not much of it. But anyway, I had, it, it, I don't I get these long, tangled stories. But I had uh, made contact with some people that, that, and the property was still sitting there. And, uh, so today I went on the county, the county clerk website and saw where the property had actually changed hands like the owner told me that he said it was going to close in April after it, it must have been 10 years ago when I talked to him. <laughs> um, uh, it, but regardless, anyway, so it, I'm very impressed by what you can do on the Internet. I, I did some work year or so ago with the pipeline company. And what I'm trying to help you understand is that I, I really appreciate uh, what you can do sitting in front of a computer. Anyway, so so a lawyer down in Orlando called me up and said, Theo, we need a broker price opinion on a, on a parcel over in, in uh, Duval County, which is where Jacksonville, out of Jacksonville, Florida is. And I said, well, you know, I'm thinking he wants me to drive over there and look at it. He said, no, no. I said, you know, that's six hours, you know, sitting in a car. And, and they were paying me by the hour. And uh, 
He said, no, no, no. I said, he said, can you, you know, look on the website and uh, the their county appraiser's website and look up sales and just, you know, just give us your opinion based on uh, what you're what you glean from the information there. And of course, Google Earth is is just magic. Um, but anyway, so I when you say my favorite way to get information, uh, I am learning how to. There's so much information on the internet that that you really can work with, um, and and never leave your desk. Which you know that, that's a whole new paradigm for a guy that's been doing this as long as I have. Well, that's a, and I I think a great example of what you're talking about is this podcast. Like I've set this whole the whole thing up, technology and posting and everything for under a, under a hundred dollars, and everybody else is going to be able to listen to all this information from you for base. I mean, for free, pretty much. They'll be able to hear mm-hmm. all this stuff, and I think it's just amazing how information can change hands now and with the internet and everything. Right. And so, okay, to follow up on the book, or since you're a book guy, say you have one book recommendation you can give a kid coming out of college right now, what would you suggest to them? Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess the the thing I have to tell you, Sam, is most of what I read are religious books. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... The book that will help people the most is a book called Boundaries, When to Say Yes and When to Say No. Uh, It's written by two psychologists, John Townsend and Henry Cloud. Um, You know, I I think I I remember the guy that, that gave me the book. I said, why wasn't this written 30 years ago? Uh, it, it, it is a fabulous book helping you understand one yourself and then the people that you're in relationship with. And uh, I, I know, well, I don't know anything, but, but I, <laughs> I, I, I just think relationships are so important. And, and, and you know, we're, one thing technology is doing that I don't think is good is, is uh, we're getting away from relationships. And, you know, people... Uh, they want to text you instead of talk to you on the phone. They want to, uh, you know, they just they want something brief and uh, don't want to get involved in a conversation or have to listen to somebody like you're listening to me right now. Uh, yes, but anyway, I, I, if I if I could recommend one book, that would be the book I'd recommend. That's awesome, and I'm I'm same as you. I know, like I just gave that that little rant about podcast and all of that, but I, I'm a book guy as well. I love just being able to, uh, kind of the same deal as you. I love being able to hold it in my hand and make markings on it and write on it. Right. But, um, okay. Do you also outside of, outside of the world of real estate, um, do you just go home and sleep until the next day when you get up and do more real estate deals (laughs) or do you have, uh, do you have more hobbies that you enjoy outside of it? Well, I, the only hobby I claim is golf. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have enough sense. You know, I, people take up golf like they take up real estate and they <laughs> decide they're not going to do it anymore. And I've been playing since I was seven or eight years old. I'm not really any good, but I love it. I absolutely love it. 
Oh, that's and, uh, that's a so great that's, analogy. That's my, <laughs> that, that's my one uh, hobby. Other than that, I have a wife who's always telling me what <laughs> needs to be done. So I, uh, I'm being a little flip, but no, I don't. Uh, you know, I work. Do we did move into a? I, and I never thought this would happen. I always thought I was going to live on, you know, five or ten acres. Till I figured out what it took to take care of that, and um, <laughs> we now live in a, a patio home subdivision, and I love it. Uh, I still, you know, I do yard work. I think a, a little perspiration is good for you. Uh, it it gives you time to not be focused on, you know, all the details of of life and business and everything. Uh, so I enjoy, you know, I don't do it for hours and hours i did spend most of an afternoon planting flowers for my wife uh weekend before last but that you know that's a couple of times a year but uh, well again i guess it's safe to say then that you have a uh, i'm going to go out on a limb and say that you have a push lawnmower instead of a riding lawnmower if you're getting absolutely. out there absolutely to... <laughs> you uh do you think that you're makes right. a difference in the cut it makes it makes it a little bit more unique oh, I, I i don't I don't know. Now, when you say push, it does have a motor on it, okay. uh, but it's it's not self-propelled. Maybe that's it. I actually had one of those one time. I thought that would be real slick. <laughs> uh, that's a little bit too much work, though, Sam. <laughs> yes, sir. Techno- technology in some in a little bit is beautiful. You know, if you used in the right, right proportions. There you go. Yes, sir. Well, Theo, uh, you know I. I can't thank you enough for coming on here and talking, and it's 42 minutes right now, and it's uh, it's felt like it's flown by for me. Um, I know it's well, it, it has for me too, because you let me do all the talking. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I, I, that's what I love. I mean, I've you know I'm obviously a young kid, just like I'm my audience, and I don't have much experience, and that's why I have you guys on here is just because you guys are so full of information and insight, and I just love listening to you. Well, I appreciate that, and I hope that some of what I have talked about will be helpful to you and to people that listen to your podcast. Yes, sir. I'm I'm 100% sure it will be. Um, and with that, I think we're wrapping up here, Episode 2. So for everybody listening, uh, thank you for listening to Episode 2, and can't wait to get back with you next week. See y'all.